read again from 1 Samuel chapter 27, the first part of verse 10. And Achish said, Whither have you made a road today? That's another way of saying, What did you get done today? How did your day go? Some days are productive. Some days are less productive. But every day, we make a road. I'm not concerned, really, about a road we make in a day. More concerning is the road we are making in a life. David had made some roads. At this time, he had escaped King Saul, who sought to take his life and found uh, refuge in Ziklag of Philistia with his 600 uh, soldiers and, and their families. So they were a good group. Achish felt it was a good military move for him because there was animus between his people and Israel. So an ally like David would be a great asset to him. <clears throat> David saw it as an opportunity to destroy some of these border uh, bandits or uh, peoples who had never been conquered by Israel. His heart was still for Israel. He was not going to go against Israel. So he, he was deceptive here. We don't um, give our blessing to that. But uh, Achish gave him Ziklag, and from that location, David and his men made incursions against those enemies of Israel, destroying them and leaving no survivors to bear witness to what he had done. So when Achish asked him, what have you got done today, he gave a vague answer, and in fact, he had, he had made some uh, headway in destroying the enemies of Israel. Well, David had made some good roads in his life. He, in our terms today, we would say he grew up in the lap of the gospel, yet God-fearing parents. And that's, that's a good place to start. The best testimony you will ever hear is from the one who declares, I, I got saved young, and I've, I, I made the choices best I could, and I'm still saved today. How, how do you improve upon that? Now, the devil, uh, it sounds, has told people they need to, to go out in the world and get a testimony. You know, you go out in the world, you ruin your testimony. Make a road for the Lord. And it's, it's your road. It's my road. We're not on someone else's road. You're not on your parents' road. It's your road. Own your road. Well, he made some good roads. He was obedient. He was industrious. He took seriously his charge to protect the flock of his father, and he came home more than once with a testimony. I mean, how, how would you like to have a bear come after your 
possessions or a lion. It reminds me when I remember when her kids was little. She claimed the spider came when she said, uh, well, claimed the spider did come. She was our daughter, and she said, I took it by the beard and I slew it. Well, that's a road. It won't take you to heaven, but it'll get you through the day, and it'll protect you from what you're fearful of. He made, he made a few very poor roads. He made a good, good road. He was a man at, at that time after God's own heart until he wasn't. And he suffered the consequences of those poor roads for the rest of his life, actually. The kingdom uh, was divided, as was his family, and he um, had uh, much grief. Nevertheless, he, he began building some, some good roads again. We hear about bridges or roads to nowhere. But actually, they go somewhere. Every road leads somewhere. Even if it's a dead end, you go through the, any city, I guess, uh, on the highway system, and every now and again you'll uh, notice uh, an exit that only goes perhaps 100 yards or 100 feet, and it stops. And, and there's a blockade, so you can't take that exit, thankfully. But if, if it wasn't blocked and you took it, well, it would end up down below somewhere in a heap. So that's not a road you want to take. If you know the road you're about to take is going to wind up in a heap or wind you up in a heap, then you don't want to take that. There are, there are roads that take you in a circle. Some of us have driven the, the D.C. Beltway. It's 64 miles long, should we say, or around. Anyway, if you start at any point in time and go uh, around to the beginning again, you've, you can do that. And then you can keep going and do it again and again and again. But if you're on a road like that, you need to take an exit and make sure it's the right exit. I read the M25 in London, and it's also a, a, a road that circles London, just as the Beltway circles D.C. Actually, our church hallway over there. In, uh, during the year, we see some of the younger ones walking together. Around and around and around. So some, some roads uh, take you in circles. You could say it gets you nowhere, but that's not true. It, it, you're going in a circle. And you can spend the rest of your life uh, circling that mountain, if you will. But that, that's not progress. We want to build a road that leads to and gets us to heaven. And it needs to be of quality. Some roads we've been on, Debbie and I used to live with our children in, in Eureka, California, where that's earthquake country. I guess it's not the only spot on the West Coast that's earthquake country, certainly not. But we've been in those earthquakes and felt, and some uh, in the night, particularly you, you notice them when you 
I think you're to sleep, and some come and, and they, they hit you. Uh, others, you know, they roll and almost uh, put you back to sleep, almost. But the roads suffer damage. Some of them, some of the roads withstand that. Uh, no problem. Uh, but others, you go through the, the, the curves down the Smith River Canyon, but when you get to uh, Crescent City and, and head south, there's some roads that go right along the ocean side that uh, have been heavily damaged. They are not roads of integrity. They don't withstand the storms and the, and the earthquakes. You need to build a road or be uh, constructing a road of integrity and one that will withstand the storms of life that will come. They will. Everyone has them. Everyone doesn't tell about them. Uh, but they do come. But when you're on the road that uh, is of a high-quality road, you will withstand whatever that comes your way. I'm thinking of Brother Jake Penner when Debbie and I lived in, in Dallas, where that's where our children were, were born and grew up, and Debbie spent 22 years there, and, and I 17. After we were married, we spent 17 years there. But Brother Jake Penner was elderly when I. I got saved in the mid-70s and was attending that church when I mean, I got uh, married and he was uh, still elderly 20 years later. But Brother Jake would testify where he grew up uh, when there was a funeral in town, the whole uh, town emptied a small town and went to the funeral home and they left school and did that. Well, when he, when he was 10 years old, he was born in 1900, so in 1910, 10 years old, there was a youngster who had his age, one of his schoolmates who had gotten uh, run over by a, a runaway uh, carriage drawn by horse and had, had died. And so the schoolhouse uh, emptied and they went down to the uh, funeral home and held that funeral. Well, Brother Jake got saved as a result of that at age 10. He, he died in 1992. So he was, he got saved young. It was one of those testimonies. And was saved for 82 years before he died. But one thing that was uh, noteworthy the last uh, year or two that we were in, in Dallas, Brother Jake was married to Sister Margaret Edgar, and they've been married a long time as well, but uh, their memories uh, began to fade, and there was a little confusion set in, so that it wasn't unusual to be working outside at the church, whether it be Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, or whatever, but late morning, around 10.30 or so, here comes uh, Brother Jake and Sister Margaret driving up and parking outside the church in case it was Sunday. Well, they, they built a good road. Uh, they built a road that sustained them through life. I remember one time Brother Jake uh, testifying that, that one time he, he said uh, about uh, 40 years ago he, he hit a rough spot, but uh, he held on the Lord and kept, kept going. So at 92 years old, he can look back to when he was in his 50s back there. He hit a rough spot. Well, he probably hit more than one along the way, but that was noteworthy because I thought, wow, a rough spot, one, in 82 years of a Christian walk, 92 years of life. But the road he was on sustained him. Will the road you're on sustain you? Will it get you to heaven? Is it a road of merit? 
Is it a road someone else uh, uh, would, would model after if, if they were to pattern their lives after yours? I mean, people follow people, or people notice people. We see it with eight, eight grandchildren. We have some, some little ones and then some uh, older ones. And, and those little ones that are four and, and six and eight years old, they look at the ones that are 15, 17, 19, and they, and they love their older uh, cousins. And they, they notice them. But not, I'm not just talking about them. Any uh, of you who have families, any of you uh, who notice uh, children, even if they're not families, those, those youngsters look at the ones who are older. Those older ones look at the ones who are young families and, and older yet. And, and they notice Everyone has a responsibility to be building a road that those little ones can model after. Because they see what you're doing and they adore you and they think, wow, uh, it, it must work. It works for them. But if you're off on some, or constructing some bumpy road, because you don't get off on somebody else's road. It's your road. And if you're constructing a shabby uh, road that lacks integrity and someone younger is, is looking at you, they're going to build a similar road as you're building. Do you want them to build that kind of a road? You know, I was struck that uh, the camp meeting greetings in the red of the Rennie Castle I spoke of uh, greeting us have gathered here, but he said, and, and I quote, it was at those camp altars in 1978 where the Lord laid his hand on my future, calling me, in his case, to the ministry. 1978, he was already on a good road, but when he got down on his knees, uh, the old call came, and, and the Lord impressed upon him, uh, you need to build this road. That's what these meetings are about. That's what these services are about. That's what these altar services are about. When's the last time you were knelt at the altar of prayer? When's the last time you knelt in this uh, tabernacle of prayer? God hears from the back as easy as from the front. Uh, but uh, allow God the opportunity to lay his uh, finger on your heart. So now uh, Brother Rennie is up in, in years and Sister Della, uh, but they can, they can look back and say, I'm glad I built that road. Too many get to the end and, and they're filled with regrets and think, why didn't I build a better road? Whether have you made a road today, no, whether have you made a road through life. How long does it take to build a road? Well, how, how long does it take to build a trip, uh, to take a trip, rather, you know, or, I don't mean to throw a family under the bus, but uh, the uh, Medford family, if you chart up the, the course, it's a four-hour, 17-minute trip from there to, to, to Portland. And they make it in, in four hours or three and a half. Our Portland family who goes south, they are able to turn that four-hour trip into six or seven hours. 
just need to build a road that gets you to the desired destination. You don't need to build a super highway. Just build a road that gets you to heaven. The, the, the Charos, by the Davies, and his wife, sister, lady, two of their children, and a, and a friend, they, they came from a place I'd never heard of after they landed in Georgia from uh, the Dominican Republic. Uh, they rented a car, and we communicated along the way because they, they wanted to make it here in Portland for the, the brunch that we have on the Friday that precedes camp meeting. Well, the, uh, it's, it's Waycross, Georgia. Waycross, Georgia. Waycross, Georgia is about four hours, as I recall, south east of Atlanta, and not far from the ocean. Waycross, is it? Well, that's where the son currently lives with the friend. So they uh, picked him up and then went to Atlanta. And then, uh, but meantime, I'm, I'm speaking with Brother Davies and, and said, Brother Davies, do you know how far that is? Do you know how many hours that is? Uh, well, we, we can make it. We can make it. And so I spoke to him uh, Wednesday. They had just left Atlanta on on Wednesday, and I'm thinking, Brother Davies, it, it's going to be brutal. You're not going to make it. So they left very early Wednesday morning, and they they arrived here on the campground uh, Thursday evening at 11:30 something, and were looked fresh as a daisy Friday morning when we met in the fellowship lodge. Well, I had the same when I was following him, except me, his, his progress, uh, so I could follow him. Uh, well, he said I, I had, we had hit road construction, so we didn't make as good a time as we thought we would make. But, uh, but you know, they started, and then they kept going. There's something to be said for that. Get started. Make your consecrations, and then keep going. Your consecrations, we say it will keep your consecrations, which you should keep your consecrations, but your consecrations will keep you. So you keep going after you start. As simple as that. And then you determine to finish. It's, it's not hard. It really isn't. There are hard things that come up. Well, certainly there are. But is God's grace sufficient or is it not? You, you get started. And you keep going. And you determine to finish. And then you do so. The road of the past is less important than the road of the future. What road are you on? If you haven't started to build a good road, get started. No problem. Drop to your knees. Allow God's Spirit to penetrate your heart. Uh, ask Him what He would uh, demand of you. And yeah, God makes demands. Of course He does. And that's, uh, that's what you want. You want to know what doth the Lord require. And the Lord makes has requirements. But whatever it is, it's worth heaven.
relationship starts today or whether you've already started and have a, have a road of integrity going, just keep on going and determined by the grace of God to finish. May the Lord bless each one here today. May His Spirit move around these altars and throughout this sanctuary. God is calling. Let this be a tabernacle of prayer. Keep the visitation to the minimum in here. And we expect the Lord to move among us today.